Today is Monday, April 4th, and this is your Sabbath School lesson entitled, The Forbidden Fruit. We are reading together Genesis 2, 16 and 17, and Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Genesis 2, 16 and 17 reads, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. And then Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from it and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Now, after we've read this, compare the words of God's commandment to Adam with the serpent's words to the woman. What are the differences between the speeches and what is the meaning of these differences? I want to give you some time. Think about it. Alright people, note the parallels between God's conversation with Adam according to Genesis 2, 16 and 17 and Eve's conversation with the serpent. It is as if the serpent has now replaced God and knows even better than he does. At first, he merely asked a question, implying that the woman had, perhaps, misunderstood God. But then Satan openly questioned God's intentions and even contradicted God. Satan's attacks concerns two issues. Keep an eye on this, death and the knowledge of good and evil. While God clearly and emphatically stated that their death would be certain, according to Genesis 2.17, Satan said that on the contrary, they wouldn't die, stating that humans were immortal, according to Genesis 3.4. While God forbade Adam to eat the fruit, according to Genesis 2 and verse 17, Satan encouraged them to eat the fruit because by eating of it, they would be like God, according to Genesis 3.5. Satan's two arguments, immortality and being like God, convinced Eve to eat the fruit. It is troubling that as soon as the woman decided to disobey God and eat the forbidden fruit, she behaved as if God were no longer present and had been replaced by herself. The biblical text alludes to this shift of personality, even uses God's language, Eve's evaluation of the forbidden fruit. Quote-unquote, she saw that it was good, according to Genesis 3.16 or verse 6. And that reminds us of God's evaluation of his creation where he used the same words. After each day of creation, the Bible says 
he saw that it was good, starting with Genesis 1.4. These two temptations, those of being immortal and of being like God, are the root of the idea of immortality in ancient Egyptian and Greek religions. The desire for immortality, which they believed was a divine attribute, obliged these people to seek divine status. As well, in order, they hoped to acquire immortality. Surreptitiously, this way of thinking infiltrated Jewish Christian cultures and has given birth to the belief in the immortality of the soul, which exists even today in many churches. Think of all the beliefs out there today that teach there is something inherently immortal in all of us. The question is, and this is for you to meditate on it, how does our understanding of human nature and the state of the dead provide us such powerful protection against th this dangerous deception? And now I present to you the supplemental notes from Ellen G. White for today's lesson. She wrote in That I May Know Him, page 14, the following, quote, With what intense interest the whole universe watched the conflict that was to decide the position of Adam and Eve, how attentively the angels listened to the words of Satan, the originator of sin, as he sought to make of none effect the law of God through his deceptive reasoning, how anxiously they waited to see if the holy pair would be deluded by the tempter and yield to his arts. They asked themselves, will the holy pair transfer their faith and love from the father and son to Satan? Will they accept his falsehoods as truth? Adam and Eve persuaded themselves that in so small a matter as eating of the forbidden fruit, there could not result such terrible consequences as God had declared. But this small matter was sin, the transgression of God's immutable and holy law, and it opened the floodgates of death and untold woe upon our world. Let us not steam sin as a trivial thing." Close quote. And then she wrote in Conflict and Courage, page 15, the following words, quote, the angels had cautioned Eve to beware of separating herself from her husband while occupied in their daily labor in the garden. With him, she would be in less danger from temptation than if she were alone. But absorbed in her pleasing task, she unconsciously wandered from his side. She soon found herself gazing with mingled curiosity and admiration upon the forbidden tree. The fruit was very beautiful, and she questioned with herself why God had withheld it from them. Now, now, here came the tempter's opportunity. As if he were able to discern the workings of her mind, he addressed her. Yeah, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Eve really believed the words of Satan. But her belief did not save her from the penalty of sin. She disbelieved the words of God. 
And this was, this was what led her to the fall. In the judgment, men will not be condemned because they consciously believed a lie, but because they did not believe the truth, because they neglected the opportunity of learning what is truth. Close quote. And the last quote from Ellen White comes from the story of redemption, page 398. She says, quote, the people of God should be able to meet Satan as did our savior with the words, it is written. Satan can quote scripture now as in the days of Christ, and he will pervert its teachings to sustain his delusions. But the plain statements of the Bible will furnish weapons powerful in every conflict. Those who would stand in the time of peril must understand the testimony of the scriptures concerning the nature of man and the state of the dead. For in the near future, many will be confronted by the spirits of devils, personating beloved relatives or friends and declaring the most dangerous heresies. These visitants will appeal to our tenderest sympathies and will work miracles to sustain their pretensions. We must be prepared to withstand them with the Bible truth that the dead know not anything and that they who thus appear are the spirits of devils. Long has Satan been preparing for his final effort to deceive the world. The foundation of his work was laid by the assurance given to Eve in Eden. But he said, Ye shall not surely die, according to Genesis 3-4. Little by little, he has prepared the way for his masterpiece of deception in the development of spiritualism. Close quote. That was today's lesson entitled, The Forbidden Fruit corresponding to Monday, April 4th, in the quarterly entitled Genesis, and in lesson number two, entitled The Fall. Make sure to listen to us tomorrow in this reading of your Sabbath School lesson. Stay blessed.